0: perspective ready for provocative conversation intriguing stories and inspiration then don't touch that dial welcome to talk with Francesca she'll give you something to talk about all week long now here's Francesca
1: what if you took the time to
2: really soak it everyone welcome to talk with Francesca I'm Francesca your host and I'm thrilled as always to be here and I'm really psyched that you've tuned in tonight because we have like a really super super interesting show but before we get into the show if you are new to talk with Francesca I'm going to go over a few things that you might just want to know to reach me email me anytime at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you miss part of this show, you can hop on over to my iTunes page, and you can also listen to hundreds of other episodes of Talk with Francesca. And if you want to know what else is going on, including upcoming shows, giveaways, et cetera, visit my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. All right. This show is sponsored by Kima Cosmetic Surgery and Anti-Aging Center in Norwell. When you will only accept the absolute best in your cosmetic treatments, they are your go-to center. I know because I go there. Visit them at kemaantiaging.com. Tell them I sent you walk in looking exhausted, walk out looking 10 years younger. All right. We have got a lot to cover. And as I said, a very, very interesting show tonight. Women, as sociologists like to put it, are closing the infidelity gap. They just aren't talking about it, at least not in a voice above a whisper. In matters of female desire, sexuality, and monogamy in particular, normal apparently is in desperate need of being redefined. And women appear to be paying the price for seizing privileges that have historically belonged to, well, men. New York Times bestselling author, Wednesday Martin, is here to discuss her newest and revolutionary book, Untrue, why nearly everything we believe about women, lust, and infidelity is wrong, and how the new science can set us free. The Atlantic says it's a book that many, excuse me, that many very well set off nuclear bombs in the bedrooms and boardrooms. She's written for The New York Times, The Atlantic, and Harper's Bazaar, among many other publications. And she's here with us tonight. So big welcome to you, Wednesday. Thank you so much for having me. Nice and I,
3: to be here
2: with you. Yeah, I, and I love your name. That is so cool. And this has nothing to do with the show, but I'm just curious. Why were you named Wednesday? Were you born on a Wednesday?
3: <laughs> it's a nickname that... Um, somebody who's now a quite famous evolutionary biologist gave me for fun in college and it stuck. Okay.
2: I love it. I love it. I think it's very cool. I was was having brunch with a friend the other day and I was telling him about you and um, he said, well, that must be really cool. So she has like
3: a birthday every Wednesday. (laughs) Every week, every week, it's a party.
2: (laughs) All right. So who is this woman who steps out and dare I say the word cheat? Well, what we
3: know from the data is that basically, uh, without casting aspersions, she's you and me. She's just just like anybody else. Um, often women who chafe against monogamy never act on it. But many of us, it seems, do. A lot of big surveys that are representative surveys from across the world show us men and women, quote, cheating, unquote, which is a term I don't really like, mm. at Just, mm-hmm. at, but at fairly equal rates. And most sociologists believe that in the U.S., the number probably hovers around 20 to 25%. Um, but the numbers go up and down depending on how you ask the question. Um, we know that men tend to over-report their sexual exploits and women tend to under-report them because of stigma and double standards. But a lot of sociologists and social scientists are now sort of coming to the realization that men and women are chafing against monogamy, at least equally, and the newer science is suggesting that monogamy may be even harder for women than it is for men. So if you are a woman who is saying, wow, I love my husband or I love my wife, but this is really hard for me, know that you are thoroughly in the territory of normal.
2: So why is that? Why is it so damn hard?
3: You know, there are different theories. And mostly um, medicine and science have focused on why monogamy is difficult for men. But in recent longitudinal studies from all over the world, from Great Britain, from Finland, from the United States, uh, from Canada, for example, to name just a few, what these studies consistently found is a drop in female desire in a long-term partnered relationship between years one and four, many of the studies found that after one year in a serious relationship, women were twice as likely to report boredom and much more likely to report that the boredom impacted their sexual desire than men were. So there's this very sort of counterintuitive new finding out there, which is that men's libidos do better in long-term exclusive relationships than women's do. And you can see why people kind of have a hard time understanding and wrapping their minds around this. We have been taught exactly the opposite. We've been taught something untrue, which is that monogamy is very hard for, women, for men, excuse me, and that women are naturally monogamous. Uh, we, we know now that women really struggle mightily with monogamy. Now, the reasons might be biological. Uh, women evolved a very richly enervated, forward-facing clitoris. It's there only purely for pleasure. And a lot of scientists now are saying, why would women have an organ devoted entirely and solely to pleasure if they evolved to be monogamous. Meanwhile, this theory that held sway for a long time, that it was great for men to just inseminate and run, that that was a great reproductive strategy and that men need to spread their seed, that's come under a lot of scrutiny by scientists lately who are realizing that in humans and animals alike, that's not the best reproductive strategy um, for males. So science is finally uh, kind of coming up with this idea that Men and women struggle at least equally that it might be for biological reasons, uh, but it's likely uh, just because being excited by the same person or the same stimulus repeatedly for years and years on end does not conform to any scientific model we have about habituation and desensitization. We just simply get bored and women get bored sooner, the new longitudinal studies are suggesting.
2: Well, women have oftentimes they're they're working and taking care of children and you know that gets to be a a lot you know and yeah right where men they go to work they come i mean it's just different it's it's just different yeah right so um Mm -hmm. you know i just talking
3: about yeah social stressors are a big thing you know what's interesting though francesca annika gunst is a finnish social scientist who recently had a look at some data about women uh and men in long-term partnerships who have kids. And what she found is that even women who did not have young children were reporting a drop in desire within years one and four, unlike men. And we used to think, oh, well, that's just because women are less sexual than men. Uh, But what we're starting to see now, thanks to other researchers, is that when you ask those women, well, what would happen if you could have sex with somebody who's not your long-term partner? their sexual desire flames back. Uh-huh. So there's something there's something we're not dealing with in our culture about how women need variety and novelty and adventure in their sexual experience every bit as much as men do. Having kids can certainly make you tired. Social conditions where you're not supported as a mom Um, can certainly affect your ego and and affect your desire to have sex but we're seeing that even apart from that there's this very undeniable drop in female desire between years one and four whereas men are usually good to go for a good nine to twelve years according to most of these studies with the same person without having that drop in desire but guess what happens when a woman stops feeling desire in a long-term relationship guess what she does she looks elsewhere she either starts to have what sex researchers call service sex in her long-term partnership. And I think that service sex, is kind of, it's kind of an epidemic, it, right? I know Ugh. you said because uh, you know what service sex is. It's exactly what it sounds like. Why don't you tell our so, listeners
2: in case there's someone that doesn't know.
3: Surface sex starts to happen usually within this drop in desire that mm-hmm. normal, healthy women Oh, I got feel. to that
2: time again. <laughs> in years
3: Between years one to four, it's very normal for a healthy, normal woman to have a, a steep drop in desire within years one to four of an exclusive sexual relationship. Then many times she will think because nobody has told her, hey, that's normal and there are solutions for this. Nobody's told her that that now she internalizes the message oh i guess i just don't like sex Mm. and my my husband or my male partner does because he's a guy nobody's told her that this is normal for her and that there are other fixes so she says I guess i've turned into my mother or my (laughs) grandmother and i should just have sex for the sake of my relationship and for the sake of my male partner guess what happens when you have service sex yeah they know it they feel it you they know it but what about you you start to resent it exactly Start to not look forward to sex and you're not owning sex yeah yeah, it's
2: like you're a receptacle exactly
3: Uh, exactly well put and so If we get this new scientific information into women's hands and men's hands, they will understand, okay, you know what? It's normal that she has this steep drop in desire between years one and four. Now, what can we do about it? This is normal. This isn't about our relationship being bad. This isn't about her being a bad person. This isn't about me being a bad lover. This isn't about our marriage being bad. This is a normal drop in female desire between years one and four. Now, what can we do? But nobody's telling couples this. So so what can they do? call est apparel well, there are all kinds of solutions the first one is to know that it's normal and have a conversation about it so many people don't they get into service sex they start to hate it they start to resent each other they get a divorce or they look outside their marriage you don't have to do that you can first have the conversation what happens after the conversation start thinking about solutions mm. possible solutions my book on True is full of them some people prop might, closet yeah Prop closet, there you go. Look, we know that women need variety and novelty and adventure to feel excited. More than men do, they need to be jump-started after those years one to four. You could go to your prop closet. You could go to lingerie. You could go to pornography. You could go to talking about seeing other people, but you don't have to do it. You could go to a sex party without participating. You could merely tell each other stories while you're having sex that give you that variety and novelty and adventure that you need not everybody is going to be comfortable saying we're going to adventure with actual other people but some people will be comfortable with that and there is a new discussion in our in our culture right now about something called consensual Mm non-monogamy Right, where right. both partners agree and consent that they can see other people. Now that's oh, gonna
2: be way, wait a minute. That, We're going to take gonna a short be a break way, before we get into that one. <laughs> okay, hold on. Be- if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with author... Wednesday, Martin, and we're discussing her book, Untrue, Why Nearly Everything We Believe About Women, Lust, and Infidelity Is Wrong, and How the New Science Can Set Us Free. Uh, By the way, listeners, um, Wednesday, very interesting woman. If you're just tuning in, you can uh, go over to my iTunes page and listen to the show. Uh, uh, Wednesday has a podcast, True Sex and Wild Love. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about solutions and fixes to boring sex. Stay with us here.
1: This is life, don't miss
2: it. I'm Francesca Luca and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD Ladies, it's time to enjoy a new you Stop Hiding Experience a tradition of quality results and a standard of excellence in service at Kema Cosmetic Surgery Anti-Aging Center in Norwell, the best-kept secret south of Boston. Whether you're looking to seek enhancement, reconstruction, or skin care, Kema is the only place to go. Having been in business for 11 years, their clients include A-listers. Kema is the first clinic in Massachusetts to use limitless MD human umbilical cord stem cells. These are the first human umbilical cord stem cells created for cosmetic procedures used in combination with some of the most advanced technologies. I've been to KEMA myself and wouldn't go anywhere else because I expect exceptional results. So contact KEMA today to schedule your consultation at 781-871-4200 or visit them at kemaantiaging.com and discover the internal and external solution you've been looking for. Now what are you waiting for? Looking for a unique experience to dining? Rio Brazilian Steakhouse brings an authentic Brazilian flavor with a great atmosphere to the restaurant scene in Plymouth. The interior is warm and welcoming and the buffet style offers a relaxed atmosphere while offering fine dining with the traditional rodízio style from Rio, the heart of Brazil. Come dine and watch your dishes being prepared and cooked over the grill. Plymouth's best kept secret Rio Brazilian Steakhouse offers a full buffet daily along with wine and beer. Rio Brazilian Steakhouse is located at 318 Court Street in Plymouth and is open seven days a week. For an unforgettable experience from start to finish,
4: visit them at RioSteakhouseRestaurant.com. You'll be glad you did. Are you afraid that you'll hire a painter who just stops by, throws on a coat of paint and goes? Not with Valdos Painting. Valdos Painting is your one-stop shop for everything. Not only can they paint every room in your house, they do hallways, staircases and ceilings. They also paint additions or remodels of any size, from newer homes to historical ones. They offer great pricing, they're professional and they don't leave a mess when they finish. Call them at 774-327-4709 to request a free estimate. Valdo's Painting is booking jobs right now for the fall. Your home could look like new for the holidays. So don't wait. Call Valdo's Painting today. You'll be glad you did. 774-327-4709
1: This is
2: Now, for more Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with author Wednesday Martin, New York Times bestselling author Wednesday Martin, and we are talking about her book Untrue and why between the years one and four of uh, a relationship, women get bored and there's a drop in sexual desire. Welcome back, Wednesday.
3: Thank you for having me, good to be here with you.
2: Okay, so solutions and fixes. By the way, uh, Beth Lee Bling. I don't know how you even pronounce her last name, I should know, she um, was on my show a while back, and she is big on the whole prop closet thing. But on another, ah. yeah, yeah, big, big on that, she has a, a store called Darling Way in Texas, and um, she actually was a divorce lawyer, very interesting woman. Um, I also want to mention, before we go on with solutions and fixes, that just a couple weeks ago, I interviewed um, evolutionary psychologist Sarah Hill. She wrote a book, Your Brain, on birth control, which has just come out. And actually, women who are on birth control have less sexual desire. So
3: that- Yeah. yeah. Olfaction, olfaction or the sense of smell mm. is very important uh, to our sexuality mm-hmm. and can be one of the keys um, to unlocking and understanding better some of the biological underpinnings of female sexual behavior. And yes, absolutely. There have been tests that show that when a woman is on birth control, she's not as good at sniffing out a guy who
2: is <laughs> sniffing out a guy is as,
3: as, <laughs> as, 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 is as good a genetic mismatch um, as he needs to be for her to have a really healthy pregnancy and offspring so olfaction is really important and a lot of people think that the reason some women uh, might have extramarital affairs mm-hmm. is they're with a the guy who's a great guy, but the other guy smells better, and, the, <laughs> and that and that smell gives clue that he would be a better father if they were to have a child together. So that's one that's one uh, sort of um, direction of thinking. We are about, just all animals, aren't we, Wednesday? In a lot of ways we are, and in my book, Untrue, I look a lot at the literature and behavior of non-human primates, monkeys and apes, to see what we can learn about them um, from from them about our own sexuality. And what we see is that there are no species of non-human primates that are actually monogamous. Uh, In all non-human primate species, we used to think, for example, that orangutans were monogamous. We know they're not. Titi monkeys um, might be almost 100% monogamous, but they've been seen sneaking around as well. Mm -hmm. So we know that in the primate order, um, monogamy is the exception rather than the rule. The other thing we know from observing our very closest relatives, chimps and bonobos, (laughs) is that those females are what we might call highly promiscuous sometimes they do rapid sequential uh matings they might mate with you know uh eight males in the space of a couple of hours so we certainly can't say that monogamy is you know in our evolutionary prehistory was the normal state of things um we pretty much know from, from looking at non-human primates that part of the story of human sexuality um, is that there is this heritage of promiscuous sexual behavior. So people don't need to feel so bad when they're struggling uh, with monogamy. The animal world is full of very instructive lessons. Look, we're not monkeys, clearly, but we have to think about our, our evolutionary heritage having not been monogamous. And for a lot of people, monogamy is going to be a great choice. You know, we have we evolved to be very flexible uh, about our social and sexual strategies. But for the many, many people, especially women who have heard the messaging that monogamy is supposed to be easy for them and there's something wrong with them if they struggle with monogamy or something wrong with their marriage or their husband or their wife. That is untrue. If you struggle with monogamy, you're normal. Now what? Yeah, exactly, now what? So let's go back to some
2: solutions let's and fixes. Yeah.
3: So here's a here's a really cool thing. Um, some studies have been done since the 70s on a phenomenon called misattribution of arousal. And these are studies about cortisol and adrenaline. And what researchers have found consistently is if a couple who's been together for years and years does something exciting together, whether it's going on a roller coaster, um, whether it's bungee jumping or just learning something new together, going to a ballroom dance class, if that's something you don't know how to do, learning how to scuba dive or snorkel, doing something new together and exciting gives people a rush of hormones and chemicals that feels like Lust.
2: So wait, you're talking about something exciting. You're not talking about taking a creative writing class together.
3: No, I'm talking about something yeah. exciting yep. that gives you a, yeah, an a adrenaline rush. Yeah, rush. jumping out of a plane or something. And yeah, that, And that challenges you. But it could also be learning something new together also gives people a sort of rush of these chemicals that can feel like lust. And repeatedly we see there are funny experiments that have been done actually of putting strangers on a roller coaster and afterwards they feel attracted to each other. The misattribution, the excitement and the rush, they misattribute it to arousal and feel attracted. So couples should definitely try that. Let's go back to your point about another way to get a rush. Women really like new novel and highly varied and adventurous sexual scenarios. We've been socialized out of it, but we know from studies that our bodies respond to it. So, what are some of the ways you could get newness and um, that rush of excitement without, say, going on a roller coaster? Let's go back to your friend's prop closet. Uh, one of the reasons that sexy lingerie or role play works for women is remember, we're normal if we get bored in years one to five, we need to get to that place in our head where the guy or the woman that we're with is new to us again. Mm. And one way that we can do that is changing ourselves up and changing them. So try it if you're bored. Try Put on a little maid
2: outfit, ladies, right? Yes,
3: yes, (laughs) exactly. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be that elaborate. I've heard great advice like, when you go on date night, do not show up together. Do you know what kills female desire? What? Sharing a bathroom with your husband or oh, your male yeah. partner. Oh yeah. Don't do that. If you have to share a bathroom when you go on date night, do not show up together. Oh. Show up separately. And don't when let, you let the sleep,
2: dog sleep in the bed with you guys. Don't let the
3: dog that is sleep not a you.
2: menage a trois.
3: When you go <laughs> so for a different kind of menage a trois, you're going to go for one, not the domestic kind. You know, we know from studies by a researcher named Martin Miana, did you know that we know that domesticity and getting really enmeshed with somebody and being able to finish each other's sentences, do you know that we know that that kills female desire in ways that it doesn't kill male desire? So beware of that. When, it sounds like familiarity
2: breeds contempt, is what you're saying.
3: <laughs> much, And it does so much more for women than it does for men. So men, cultivate that mystery. Meet her at a bar, but show up separately. Um, be creative in your approaches to your wife or your female partner. Click with her desire, even if she's not speaking to you about it, for adventure and variety and novelty. Try to make yourself new and exciting to her again through role play. You could watch pornography if you can find the kind that you like together, or just through talking about new scenarios or sexual adventures. And many people report that even talking or thinking about, say, a menage à trois uh, gets their couple relationship on fire again mm-hmm. just introducing the idea of variety and novelty and adventure can be enough for people if you're just tuning
2: in you're listening to talk with Francesca I'm speaking with author New York Times best-selling author Wednesday Martin we're discussing her book untrue why nearly everything we believe about women lust and infidelity is wrong and how the new science can set us free Wednesday also happens to have a podcast true sex and wild love so Wednesday what separates the woman who actually cheats from the ones who merely think about it?
3: You know, we don't know an awful lot about the subjective experiences of women who decide, I can't do this anymore, or this isn't working for me, so I'm going to step out without talking to my partner about it. What we do know is that there are a lot of places in the world, including the United States, where it would be very dangerous for a woman uh, who's not feeling sexual desire, and who, like a healthy human being, wants to feel sexual desire again. There are many contexts where it would be very dangerous for a woman to talk to her partner about that, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Women in this country, get killed just because a male partner suspects them of infidelity in some cases. And the psychologist David Lay uh, has written about that. So we know that it can be very dangerous to be upfront about your desire to be with somebody else. And so for some women, their strategy for getting satisfaction um, is to have an affair. And we know that men and women pretty much seem to be doing this at equal rates. We know that women have, as you spoke to earlier, closed the infidelity gap um, in recent years, either because they're doing it more because they, they have jobs and independence now, and they're more in the workforce and have more potential partners, or because they're less afraid to report it to a pollster. For whatever the reason, women do seem to be closing the infidelity gap. Now, let's think about I'm an anthropologist, so I look at things in worldwide context. All over the world, female infidelity is normative. Uh, There was a cross-cultural study of 133 countries, and there was not a single one where women did not step out, even when the penalty for it was death. So we cannot extinguish this behavior, and we have to really start thinking about female infidelity as a normal part of the repertoire of human female sexual behavior. We really, if we want to address it and help couples be happy and help relationships last, we really have to destigmatize female infidelity and male infidelity and look at the factors that are going into it, like Mm -hmm. a need for variety and novelty and adventure, for example, and come up with more creative solutions than simply saying to people, you can't do this, Uh, this is a sin, Uh, this is grounds for divorce, really, since this is such a universal, uh, undeniable issue, grappling with it head on rather than simply ending marriages over, it might be a very healthy change in our collective behavior. Right. You had mentioned
2: (laughs) consensual monogamy earlier Mm -hmm. on. And you know, I, I just be curious about your thoughts on that. I just, I don't know, this is my own opinion, but I, just don't see long term that really working i mean i know there is the you know polyamorous lifestyle and but you know does it does it really work
3: yeah this is was so interesting for me you know as an author you get to interview people who are so different from you yeah and so in untrue i spoke to 30 women who had refused monogamy in some way rather rather explicitly by saying to their partner i do not want to be monogamous Or um, sometimes without disclosing it, I interviewed women who were swingers, I interviewed polyamorous women. Um, So that's one of the gifts of being an author. Mm, And one of the things that really struck me was that people that I interviewed, and the data showed the same thing, uh, were not what I expected, consensually non-monogamous people, people who agreed with their partners that they could see other people sexually and romantically were not who I expected them to be. The data show us that these people report lower levels of jealousy (laughs) and higher levels of sexual satisfaction than monogamous couples. And that they and monogamous couples report equal levels of relationship satisfaction. So sometimes when you're an author and a social scientist, you have to step back from your biases and just look at the data. So I did that. Right. And the other piece of data that's really interesting is that in the United States, something like 25% of single adults reported in a representative survey that they had been consensually non-monogamous at some point in their lives. That's millions of Americans uh, who have been consensually non-monogamous at some point. So what we know about that behavior is that it might seem weird to us, but statistically speaking, more of us are doing it uh, than we're talking about. And I think that when we see TV shows like Wanderlust or Unicorn Land or Forever uh, or on the show Insecure, um, there's a character who's seeing a guy who's in an open marriage. Uh, What we're seeing is that Americans will say, and and in most surveys, 90% or more of Americans are saying that monogamy is the best and most ethical and moral arrangement. We're saying that. But when we look at, for example, our internet searches or that census data that I just spoke about, we see that internet searches for terms like consensual non-monogamy and open marriage have increased exponentially over the last 10 years. So I like to say Americans are married to monogamy, Mm. but... You look at the data and you see we are curious about our options. So Absolutely. Okay, if you're just tuning curiosity.
2: in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with a New York Times bestselling author, Wednesday Martin. Wednesday, I'm sorry. We do need to take another short break. When we come back, I'd love to find out how the women who do stray from the experience of fidelity live with it. So listeners, stay with us here. Lots more to talk about. This
1: is life, don't miss it. More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WAT Dig. The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com.
5: Hey, long time no see. You look amazing. Thanks.
3: I just came from my hair appointment with Thomas Negrelli at Rebel Hair Studio.
5: Thomas Negrelli?
3: Yeah, Thomas Negrelli. He specializes in cuts, color, blowouts, braids, and even makeup.
5: I have been thinking about changing up my look.
3: Then call him at 774-404-1872. Did you say that number again?
5: 774-404-1872. Thanks. I'm calling him now. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting, then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's north end. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. This is
4: Hey, this is James Woods, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca
2: on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca, and I'm speaking with um, Wednesday Martin. She is the New York Times bestselling author of Untrue, Why Nearly Everything We Believe About Women, Lust, and Infidelity Is Wrong, and How the New Science Can Set Us Free. She also has a podcast, True Sex and Wild Love. Welcome back, Wednesday.
3: Thank you, Francesca.
2: All right. So, what about these women who stray? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the data might be one thing, but you know, our culture is still another,
3: right? It really, yeah. You're so right. There is such a mismatch between the data uh, that are telling us that female infidelity is really a quite normal um, part of the repertoire of human female sexual behavior, and then the very punishing double standard in our culture that still holds that, oh, sure, women can run for political office. Oh, sure, we believe that women should be paid equally to men. But when we talk about what about women seizing that privilege to not be monogamous, Um, that's when people get really uncomfortable. So I interviewed... 30 of those women uh, who make people really uncomfortable. Now, obviously, they're not a representative sample. What I do is I interview actual women in order to sort of put the storytelling in and bring the data to life. So what I found about these women um, is that they were profoundly normal. Um, They came from all walks of life. Some of them were very religious. Some of them. uh, Really? Yeah, some of them had no religion. Um, You know, I interviewed upper-income women and lower-income women. Uh, We know from the data uh, that people cheat, if we want to use that term, um, you know, across um, cultures, across income levels, um, across ethnicities, the the rates of infidelity are pretty consistent. Here's an interesting thing that really um, crystallized for me when I spoke to these women is how Technology has brought on new opportunities for us uh, as a species, but particularly for women when it comes to sex. A lot of the women that I interviewed were um, using technology uh, to find sexual partners, like Tinder. Ask- yeah, they were using Tinder, they were using Bumble, they were using there's a new app called Lumen for older women, uh, they were using Hinge, they were using all kinds of things. And here's something very interesting uh, men talk, but women act. Partnered women are more likely to follow through and actually have extra pair sex with somebody new they meet online than our partnered men. Um, and so Take that in for a second, right? I am.
2: (laughs) I'm like, I'm marinating on that one. Like, really? Yeah,
3: it seems like men are using these apps, you know, to think, partnered men are using these apps to think about infidelity. Women, on the other hand, more tend to use these apps and to use this technology to actually set something up in an efficient, effective way and follow through on it. And there is a sociologist uh, named Dr. Alicia Walker at Missouri State University <laughs> who extensively studied women using Ashley Madison. In, and in Untrue, I get into the stories of some of these women using Ashley Madison that will really uh, probably shock a lot of men. Um, But a lot of women will nod their heads in recognition about these women who have decided, I love my marriage, I don't want to change it, but I'm sexually unsatisfied in my marriage and I need a solution. And some of these women do then decide to have affairs. Now, the ones that I interviewed, almost without exception, always began by telling their story very apologetically.
2: Okay, there you go.
3: So there was a lot. Of guilt, shame. Guilt. There was a lot of conflict when they started to tell me the story. Now, here's the interesting thing that happened consistently they would start by almost shaming themselves, they would express great remorse. The more they saw that I was non judgmental and simply wanted to hear their story and ask them questions, (laughs) the more they got into the storytelling, the guilt and the shame fell away. And what I heard was women narrating, often with great excitement, that they had reconnected with a sexual part of themselves that wasn't being satisfied in their primary relationship, that they had felt very alive, and that in truth, uh, while they felt guilty because the culture told them that they were not just bad people for cheating, but that they were unusual women, right? Our mm-hmm. culture holds that right. that yeah, women basically women who step out are violating two codes. The first code is our code that we believe that monogamy is the best, most moral thing. The second code these women are violating, as Dr. Alicia Walker says, is the gender code, which says that like women like sex less than men, women cheat less than men. So there's something weird about these women if they're cheating, right? So they're kind of double uh, rule breakers in this sense. And what happened was as the stories progressed and the women became more comfortable with me and they realized that I was a neutral listener and that I felt that their story was important and that we had to communicate the story to other women and men, the more the guilt and shame fell away and the more there was an emphasis on what the upsides had been for them. And many of these women uh, were simply sexually unsatisfied in relationships that were otherwise satisfying to them. Uh, So this is the thing about female sexuality we really haven't dealt with. We've been told women need to feel domestic and connected. Um, Women are more hearth and home bound. Women can only have orgasms when they've been with guys for a long time and they love that consistency. These women tell us the same story, the ones I interviewed tell the same story that the data are telling us, which is hold on a second, Let's deal with who women really are. A fair number of them really need variety and novelty and sexual adventure. We just aren't telling them that it's normal. Yeah, it, Right, and our
2: society is is basically saying we've got to contain, correct, or punish these women, and something's got to be done about them. So what, what do you think it triggers in a woman who doesn't cheat but wants to? Rage. You know, think... <laughs> Rage. <laughs>
3: right. So you're saying who is the woman who is not having a good time in her long-term partnership or marriage but, and is tempted tempted to right, step out. Right. You're you're saying who is she? Yeah, but she wants. So so, she is, so but she wants. So she is every single woman listening to this show right now. Right? right? Every single woman if she is normal and healthy and has a normal healthy libido. It, it would be a very extremely extremely rare human being who lives out a 100% monogamous life with total zeal and commitment to that and enjoying it every second, total monogamy. That would be so exceptional. If you struggle with monogamy and you're a woman, you are so normal. Welcome to being a human female is the first thing that I would say to that person. Now, now what? Well, are you in a rut of service sex? Are you having sex to make your partner feel good are you having sex because you think it's the right thing to do for your relationship stop it stop it right now teach your male partner if you're um, in a heterosexual relationship or your female partner teach your partner the term service sex and talk about it talk about the fact that it's happening that it's normal part of what happens to women in long-term relationships Get it out there before it hardens into resentment and before you start to say, oh, there's something wrong with him. There's something wrong with our marriage. There's something wrong with our relationship. Let me get with somebody else. Have the talk about service sex, have the talk about needing some variety and novelty and adventure. Get it out there and blame me. <laughs> Blame you say, <laughs> say, say, okay. that, say that you read my book Say that you looked at all the studies in my book That point to the same thing Which is that monogamy isn't easy Hey Christmas present <laughs> There seems something. There
2: seems something wrong with giving someone that as a Christmas present. You know know, what? What what
3: you can also do. What I'm really recommending is that for women who want to bring this up with their partner, a really unthreatening way to do that is say, "Oh my God, I heard the craziest interview today. You would not believe uh, what this social researcher said, but she had all these studies to back it up." (laughs) And and, and what do you? triangulate another person of course your discussion about infidelity all right that can be a great way to broach the conversation about where are we going with our sex like say you're a normal uh couple it, it would be very normal to to know another couple where somebody cheats or gets caught or to know another couple who is rumored to be open i have okay, this can, friend right <laughs> triangulate them and say what do you think about this i heard about this way. And eventually you can get your conversation over days or weeks or maybe even hours to the point where you're talking about what's going on for you too. And some people think, oh my God, this conversation is going to be so threatening. There's no way I can ever have it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And yes, you will. And we're going to take
2: another short break and we're going to find out how to have that conversation when we come back. Stay with us here.
1: This is life,
2: This is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD.
0: Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza, that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine.
4: Are you afraid that you'll hire a painter who just stops by, throws on a coat of paint, and goes? Not with Valdo's Painting. Valdo's Painting is your one-stop shop for everything. Not only can they paint every room in your house, they do hallways, staircases and ceilings. They also paint additions or remodels of any size, from newer homes to historical ones. They offer great pricing, they're professional and they don't leave a mess when they finish. Call them at 774-327-4709 to request a free estimate. Valdo's Painting is booking jobs right now for the fall. Your home could look like new for the holidays. So don't wait, call Valdo's Painting today. You'll be glad you did, 774-327-4709. We all face challenges and don't always know how to deal with them. We might ask mom, dad, best friend, or even try our darndest to solve them ourselves. But if you have a dilemma that seems unsolvable, veteran lifestyle coach Dwight Goldwyn is ready to help you face your problem head on. Take advantage of his free one-hour telephone coaching session where you can share what would be a life-changing difference for you. No cost, no obligation. So claim now your no-cost session at AskDwightHow.org and be on your way to a better you. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, The Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call The Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit TheDogsDenGrooming.com.
2: Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno. Ranked number 9 of the top 10 Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723. Or visit us at This is i I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 959 WATD. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking to New York Times best-selling author. Wednesday, at Martin, and we're discussing her book, Untrue, Why Nearly Everything We Believe About Women, Lust, and Infidelity is Wrong, and How the New Science Can Set Us Free. All right. In this last segment, Wednesday, I want to talk about how, you know, I mean, it, it seems like it's easier said, obviously, it is easier said than done. I mean, if you're sort of looking away and not wanting to have that conversation, how Do you start? Yeah, I heard this radio show. I read this book. But, you know, I mean, it's easier, as I said, it's easier said than done. I don't know about you, but um, it's not a conversation that that I think a lot of couples would feel real open and comfortable with.
3: Exactly. I mean, I think something that we need to get out into the open is how much how normal it is for people to struggle with monogamy after a while and how stigmatized it is for them to talk about it. Right. So it is people find themselves in this terrible double bind. I think another way to start this conversation, um, if it feels like a conversation you want to be having in your relationship and some people will not want to have it for some people, monogamy is a great fit it's a great strategy, they're happy, and it's working for them. For the majority of people who are struggling with monogamy, like I said before, I think triangulating is a great way to do it. There are so many TV shows, novels, and movies about infidelity and about sexuality. It is the great human topic. It is the topic of great literature and of great storytelling. You could talk about A movie um, where there's, you know, sexual boredom or infidelity. You could talk about a novel that you're reading. There are so many ways to broach the conversation. Or you could be very direct and say, you know, I love you so much. This marriage or this relationship is so important to me. We've known each other for so long. We've been having sex for so long, but we don't talk about sex that often. Like, where are you in all this? How are you feeling about our sex life? Start. In a non-accusatory way, in a non-threatening way, with a conversational opener, and remember, you know, to keep compliments there all the time. Mm-hmm. To frame to mm-hmm. frame the discussion as coming from a place of this is how important our marriage is to me. I would love for us to be able to have a conversation about sex. I'm not gonna hammer all this out in a single 15-minute conversation. This is a conversation for a lifetime. This is a great adventure for a married or committed couple, the privilege of getting to talk about your sex life instead of just acting it out. And Um, it it does create more intimacy.
2: Having that, right?
3: Oh my gosh, I mean, expert after expert told me that people who talk about their sex lives report much higher levels of sexual satisfaction. It sounds so clinical uh, when you say it, but the simple fact on the ground is that when you're talking to your partner about sex, you're showing them I'm committed, uh, you can trust me, and I have desires, and I have desires for you, and maybe even desires for other people. I have a desire certainly for our sex life to fire it up a little bit together because we both deserve that um that's going to be a great adventure that conversation so and i'm sorry go mm-hmm. ahead. no go ahead i was just going to say that i think that it it
2: seems that oftentimes women will say that the reason that they stray has less to do with the sexual desire but more that they're looking for a better emotional connection and men sometimes now- too
3: Yeah, exactly. This is one of the great um, untruths Uh that we've been fed. We have been told, um, and a lot of it is in the language that we use, and a lot of it is in the language that researchers and interviewers use. Uh, We've been taught consistently that, oh, you know, if everything's okay in a marriage emotionally, women won't step out. And that is not true. There are many marriages uh, where women feel very satisfied, but they're stepping out anyway. One study found that a third of married women who were having affairs characterized their marriages as happy or very happy. Women are not- Men too though, happy. men too, right? And men too. So what What researchers like Tammy Nelson and Alicia Walker have found is that when it comes to motivation, men and women are stepping out and refusing monogamy, uh, whether on the DL or you know more openly for very similar reasons the motivations of men and women are very similar men are not just stepping out for sex a lot of men want emotional validation they want connection they want intimacy a lot of women they want to feel are, sexy Yes, yeah they want to feel sexy but they also want to feel connected mm-hmm. they want to feel mm-hmm. validated they want to feel um that somebody finds them handsome and interesting to talk to um, and a lot of women are stepping out because they want sexual satisfaction that they're not getting in a long-term partnership. They're seeking that variety and novelty and adventure. And and meanwhile their marriages, you know, are emotionally satisfying but not sexually satisfying. So we kind of have to stop. I think if we really want to help couples feel connected, we have to stop putting out this garbage messaging that men are dogs who step out because that's how men are mm-hmm. and you know women are sort of less sexual, and wow, she only stepped out uh, because, you know, he was ignoring her. Hmm. Uh, That's not true. He could have been uh, very emotionally connected to her, and yet the sexual connection wasn't there, and that was what was motivating her. So we really have to get at who people actually are and what's motivating them rather than the cultural script that we've inherited,
2: which is just very untrue. Wednesday, we have about three minutes left. I just want to ask you, is there anything that I haven't asked you or anything that you want to share with our listeners?
3: Well, you've been very thorough, Francesca. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for caring enough about female sexuality and just messaging to your listeners uh, that it matters. I just say that, you know, so much is happening and there's so much opportunity now. Um, for couples who are feeling sexually unsatisfied uh, to have a conversation about it. Um, our culture is shifting. Uh, monogamy is not going anywhere, but I think that increasingly we're destigmatizing the fact that we struggle uh, a little bit with monogamy. So I would just say, you know, women, if you feel that there's something wrong with you because your long term relationship isn't doing it for you sexually, there is nothing wrong with you. Um, pick up my book or other books about female sexuality. Um, mine has the latest research on who women actually are sexually, and you know, just that that comforting feeling of knowing this isn't about you, this isn't about your marriage, this isn't about your partner. This is how women are. Um, I hope that that knowledge will set women and men alike free to have conversations and come up with solutions.
2: Yeah, I think that it's really, it's, it's eye-opening and actually pretty shocking. And one question that I didn't ask you, and now with less than two minutes left, is how do you feel about open marriages and open relationships? What do you think? I mean, we've had this conversation now for almost an hour. I want to know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that we evolved to be really flexible sexual and social strategists. And when I see people in open marriages or polyamorous relationships, uh, what I think is, well, that's right on the script of our evolutionary mm-hmm. heritage to be creative about relationships. Now, when I first started interviewing people in open marriages, uh, I used to think, um, wow, I could never do that. My podcast co-hostess, Whitney Miller, uh, was in an open relationship for many years. And I used to think, wow, I, you know, that, that would be very, very hard for me. That would be impossible for me. But the more I spoke to people, I saw that people in open marriages had a level of communication and trust. And they had communication mm-hmm. skills that I uh, was really very impressed by. And many clinicians talk about this, about having a bias against open relationships. Mm-hmm. And then they get these patients into the office with them. And they're absolutely blown away by their communication skills. By their connectedness and by their commitment, so I would just say that when you really look at open marriage, like so many things, when you look at it with an open mind, it's it's full of surprises. And certainly, as a researcher, um, I was. I was surprised and impressed by the people uh, that I saw in open marriages, and I admire them. That solution works for them.
2: All right. Wednesday Martin, author of Untrue, Why Nearly Everything We Believe About Women, Lust, and Infidelity Is Wrong, and How the New Science Can Set Us Free. Thank you so much for being on Talk with Francesca. Just loved it.
3: Thanks for having me on, Francesca. It was great.
2: All right. You take care.
3: Thank you, Francesca. Bye. Bye.
2: (gasps) All right, it's time to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed the show. It was really very, very interesting. If you missed part of it, you can hop on over to my iTunes page and listen there. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week.
1: What if you took the time to really soak it in? Because someday you're going to wish you did. Like a September morning, like snow without a warning. Like how the summer feels upon your skin.